Hey, well, good morning, church. It's great to be joining you in your living rooms this morning or wherever you're engaging with us today. Happy Father's Day to all the dads, granddads, great-granddads, stepdads, spiritual dads, cool dads, not cool dads, golf dads, fishing dads, sports dads, geek dads, DIY dads, and every other kind of dad, we honour you today. And we say that we appreciate you for everything that you do. Because aren't our dads great? Now, I might be a little bit biased in saying that because I'm a dad as well, but I think dads are pretty awesome. The way that they love us, care for us, teach and train us, do so many things for their family that often go unnoticed. And dads are there to represent the father heart of God. That's what parents do for us. That's what mums and dads do for us. They give us a glimpse at how God loves us. That sense of unconditional love and approval. Not based on anything we do, but simply because of who we are. Simply because we are his children. But of course, our dads aren't perfect. No human is. You know, we each have different experiences with the dads in our lives. For some, you might have a a great relationship with your dad. And for others, it might be a more strained one, if there's any relationship at all. But no matter what your earthly father is like, no matter what state your relationship is in, you have a father in heaven who loves you more than you could comprehend. And he is able to pour out that love on your life in a way that no earthly father could ever hope to achieve. And today our theme is generations. Because regardless of what your relationship with your father is like, whether you yourself are a father or not, you are the product of generations. You are here today because of the generations that have gone before you. And our God is a generational God. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His character is the same across every generation. He is a generational God. And I love that that is such a value for us at Life Church. We're not a next generation church. We're not even a now generation church. We are an intergenerational church because God cares about every generation. And I believe every generation needs to understand the impact we can have when the generations are united and not isolated. Listen to how King David puts it in Psalm 145. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Or another psalmist in Psalm 102. Let this be recorded for future generations so that a people not yet born will praise the Lord. God has put the generations together so that one generation can build off the faithfulness of the previous one. It is never God's intent for the generations to become separated and isolated, but rather where there is unity, God can command a blessing. And unity is not us all thinking the same or acting the same or sounding the same, dressing the same. Unity 
is the generations agreeing that Jesus is the main thing, that Jesus is our focus. Unity is when the generations can put aside their differences in order to say his name glorified in this earth. And fatherhood is a vital part in seeing the generations come together. It's a vital aspect in the generations united and moving in the same direction. But you know, you don't have to have biological children to be a parent. We can have spiritual parents, spiritual children. You know, my extended family has a a rather complex family tree. And I, I, I can't explain it all today, but what it means for me is that I got to grow up with five grandparents. It was awesome. But you know, out of those five, only two are actually related to me by blood. My mum's mother and my dad's mother. My dad never met his father and my mum was raised by her stepfather. So I have a lot of people in my family that I'm technically not related to. But they are still my family. Regardless of whether we share DNA or not, because of their love and investment, they are my family. And I am, in part, where I am today because of them. Fatherhood is not just defined by your biology. It's defined by the love and investment you put in. And one of my favorite examples of this in Scripture is the relationship between the Apostle Paul and Timothy. Timothy was Paul's spiritual son. Paul didn't have any biological children, but he had a lot of spiritual children, people younger than him in the faith who he took under his wing and helped disciple them, raise them, teach them the things of God, proclaimed God's goodness to them as the next generation, and then released them into living out the call of God on their lives. That is the role of a spiritual parent. And we see that evident between Paul and Timothy primarily in the two letters, 1st and 2nd Timothy. These were letters that Paul wrote to Timothy to encourage him. And when we read the way that Paul writes to his spiritual son, when we read the way that he speaks about Timothy in his other letters, I think we can get some keys for us today and how Paul was able to live intergenerationally. And this applies if you're a father, but it also applies to a boss with their employees. Applies to teachers in classrooms, life group leaders, uncles, aunties, grandparents, even in your friendships, anyone in any generation. And the first thing we see Paul do was he encourages. 2 Timothy 1 verse 3. Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Right at the start of one of his letters, I thank God for you. I thank God that you're in my life. I thank God for who he has made you to be. I thank God for what he has you doing. Night and day, I pray for you. Boy, if there's any role that a parent can take up, it's that of praying for their children, interceding for them. That is encouragement validation, telling them that you think they are valuable, that they matter, they are worth something. 
Encouragement is a language that cuts across every barrier because it speaks to the spirit, the heart of who we are. We all need encouragement. And I think in our Kiwi culture, encouragement can be one of our weak points. It's something that doesn't necessarily come naturally to us. Not that we don't think it, but we are often slow to voice it. But we know from the word of God that our words carry power. Our words can create and they can destroy. And words of encouragement can create a future in someone's life that previously wasn't there. I know that's true for me in my life. If it wasn't for the encouragement of those above me, the encouragement of a generation that have gone before, I probably wouldn't have stepped into what God has for me because I wouldn't have thought I could do it. I wouldn't have thought I was capable. I couldn't see that future for me, but it took spiritual parents and grandparents to come alongside me to encourage me and help me see the future and the plan that God had for my life and put the courage in me to step into it. We all need encouragement. And as Kiwis, particularly even as Christians, sometimes we can hold back from encouragement because you know, we don't want someone to get too proud. We don't want them to fall into the, the trap of pride or to get too full of themselves. I think the truth is, is I don't think you can receive too much encouragement because the world will discourage us enough. The world will discourage you enough. There's plenty of discouragement going around already. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we have an enemy who is also a father. He's the father of lies. And he does his best to discourage you and me any chance he can get. But when the generations are united, encouraging each other, we can silence the lies that the enemy will try to throw our way. Encouragement is such a great tool. And young people, Encouragement is not just for the role of those who are older than you. You can learn the art of encouragement at any age. So if you're sitting with your friends and your family right now, why don't you take a moment to encourage them? Tell them you love them. Tell them you appreciate them. Thank them for what they do. Encouragement is so powerful. So we encourage, but we also need to equip. And when Paul took Timothy under his wing, he spent his time equipping Timothy. 2 Timothy 1 verse 13, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Paul taught and equipped Timothy, but it wasn't in a, a classroom type way. It was through his lifestyle. Paul says in his letters, imitate me. Look at me. Look at the way I do things. Look at me and my relationship with God. Look at how I handle these situations and imitate that. And we know that dads teach us all kinds of different things. All sorts of different life skills that we might need throughout our lives. But the best skill that we can equip a generation with is how to cultivate a relationship with God, how to read the word, how to pray, how to spend time in God's presence and cut out the distractions, 
how to worship wholeheartedly, how to discern God's voice, how to put him first in every area of our lives, how to serve with our time, how to tithe, how to be a good steward with my resources. That is the kind of equipping that every generation needs. But we can only equip to the level that we have gone ourselves. Paul is bold enough to say in his writings, imitate me, look at me. And if we're going to equip so that a generation not yet born will praise the Lord as we read in Psalm 102, then we need to be willing for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. One of the things that's impacted me the most since becoming a dad is the realization that my battles are no longer just for me anymore. My battles are no longer my own, but now when the Holy Spirit shows me an aspect of my life that he wants to change, when he illuminates, as we've been hearing the past few weeks, when he illuminates an area of my life that needs addressing, I have an even greater desire now to allow that work to take place for the sake of my children. I don't want my kids to inherit the areas of my life that I didn't address. But I want to allow the Holy Spirit to bring generational change through my life so that my kids will have a healthier platform for them to stand on. As parents, this is part of the weight that we carry, that our battles are no longer just about us. God is a generational God, so he doesn't just want to bring change to your life. He wants to initiate generational change through your life. So can I encourage every dad out there, every parent, as we are in this Engage series, you might be feeling, as I do many times, ill-equipped, unsure, nervous about what it all means. Can I encourage you? to engage for the sake of your children, for the sake of another generation. You might not feel like you're great at praying or great at reading the word or, or great at giving out your worship to God. One of the most powerful things you can say to your kids is let's learn this together. Let's engage together. I'm not great at prayer meetings, so I'm, gonna, I'm not great at praying, so I'm going to bring you to prayer meetings so we can learn to pray together. We're going to write down our prayer requests and pray for them so we can see God answer our prayers. I'm not great at reading the Word, so let's sit down before bed each night and read God's Word together. Let's hear Him speak to us. Let's worship together. Then you can live like Paul did when he says, imitate me, take your cues from me. You don't have to be an expert in order to still equip. You just have to be willing to bring your kids on the journey. And I think you'll be surprised as you step out as to how much is actually within you that you maybe didn't realize. You know, I think you've got more to offer another generation, more to equip them with than you may think. And then lastly, Paul empowers Timothy. If we want to see the generations working together, we have to empower each other. And ultimately, this is what encouragement and equipping leads to. It leads to empowering, where we can release people to be everything God has called them to be. We can release them to run the race that is before them. This is what Paul did for Timothy. 
all of Paul's encouragement and his equipping wasn't just so Timothy could follow him around for the rest of his life. No, it was so he could be activated to live out the call of God on his life, to stand on his own feet, even at the risk of failing, which I'm sure he did at times. He would have made mistakes. He would have fallen down. He would have had his low points. But when you live intergenerationally, those things are actually great because you have people around you to encourage you, to spur you on, to equip you further where you are weak and to pray for you. Hey, I know you made a mistake, but that doesn't disqualify you. God still has a plan for you. His purposes are still being worked out. You can get up, you can keep going. God is still with you. When you live intergenerationally, your slip-ups can become chances to learn and grow and overcome as opposed to roadblocks that hold you back. You know, all of this was only possible because Timothy was willing to serve and learn. It was a mark of Timothy's character that he was willing to be under Paul's authority to learn and to grow. Paul had to be willing to bring Timothy on the journey, but Timothy had to be willing to go on the journey. He had to have the humility to receive correction when needed, to grow. You know, being intergenerational is hard work. It's not the easy road, but it's the road that bears fruit because God's faithfulness extends throughout every generation. So to all the dads, granddads, great-granddads, stepdads, spiritual dads, cool dads, not cool dads, golf dads, fishing dads, sports dads, geek dads, DIY dads, and every other kind of dad, keep encouraging Keep praying, put courage in people, create an atmosphere of hope and purpose with the words you speak. Keep equipping, train, teach, model a lifestyle of faith, engage in what God is doing through his church and keep empowering. Remember our lives are only the platform for the next generation to stand on. And hear Jesus' prayer for us in John 17, where he's praying for his disciples and he's praying for you and I today, praying for the generations. He says, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. God wants the generations united. He wants us in unity because then his love can be proclaimed to this world. You know, as I come to a close, we've been speaking about generations this morning and I understand this can be a difficult topic for some. You might not have had a great relationship with your father growing up. You might not have had a father at all. You might not feel like you've had someone to encourage you and equip you and empower you. If that's you this morning, I want to remind you that Jesus is the wonderful counselor. He understands what it's like to lose a father. At some point before Jesus' ministry started, his father Joseph had passed away. He understands the pain of losing his father. He knows what it's like to not have a father around. He knows the pain of rejection. On the cross, he cried out, My father, why have you forsaken me? I don't know what your relationship with your father is like. But I want you to know this Father's Day, 
that you have a Father who will never leave you, will never forsake you, whose thoughts towards you outnumber the sand in the ocean, a Father in which nothing can ever separate you from His love. That is our Father. Well, you might be feeling like you failed as a father, that you haven't done a good job, you haven't done enough. You know, nothing is impossible for God to turn around. Holy Spirit is with you. Keep praying, keep believing, keep encouraging and allow God to do what only He can do. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you this Father's Day that you are our Father, that you love us unconditionally, that regardless of where we find ourselves today, your love conquers all. I thank you that your faithfulness extends throughout every generation. And I pray for every generation engaging right now. Holy Spirit, would you unite us around Jesus? Help us keep our eyes fixed on him. Help us keep him as the main thing, the main focus that regardless of our differences, regardless of the things that are going on, help us unite around the person of Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you minister to those in pain right now? Thank you for your comfort and your peace. Thank you that you are the God of the turnaround. You can turn any situation around for your good. So whatever situations are on people's hearts today. Lord, I declare that you would have your way in them, that you would move. You know, what is impossible for us is possible with you. Lord, I pray you would do the impossible in people's lives as they trust in you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence with us each and every day. We love you, Lord. Amen. God bless you, church. Have a great Father's Day.